Isn't that horrifying? Did that join? There we go. The the bots are in. It's Friday. Flail forward. It's a startling, startlingly flat opening. Okay. Boom. Hello. Hello. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Flail Forward, that podcast where we talk about things that matter only to us. Isn't no, they like... matter to other people. It's just our opinions that don't. <laughs> well, there are opinions. So wouldn't that make wouldn't wouldn't that didn't you just recapitulate what I said? Kind of, yeah. Okay. There are some people whose opinions I care about. People like the yeah, me too. Stone shark. No, wait, there aren't. Are there? No. Yeah, maybe. Some. I don't know. I don't so, know if there are people. So okay, what anyway, are we talking ahead. about today that nobody cares about? Oh. Did Jonathan brought something up? That was another thing that Jonathan. Uh, okay. There you go. You're introducing. Now you do it. Jonathan's here. Hi, hi, Jonathan. Oh, Mark's so, here too. I guess it's been put simply for me. I did, it wasn't how I introduced it, but uh, adaptations. So adapting um, from one medium to another, specifically from a medium into RPGs, and what are pitfalls, and I don't know. Just discuss, you know things, ways that, um, why this might not work, or why the adaptation might not work, or why, um, or what we can do to, to alleviate some of the, um, differences, I guess. So some of the examples of what you're talking about might be things like a novel that's turned into an RPG, or... Uh, which novel? <laughs> okay, I'll, like I'll, because I because I did it, yeah. it in the chat already. But but for me, this came up in my own mind because of um, the Wheel of Time, uh, which was just released on Amazon today, and uh, I watched it. And I also was deeply into the books when I was younger, and um, I had to keep actively asking myself is this not um performing because as in it's not meeting my expectations because it's not good or because it's the medium doesn't allow for uh the same expression so that the tv medium doesn't allow for the same expression as the book medium and um and largely, it's because the TV medium doesn't allow for the same expression as the book medium. But that doesn't mean that, even knowing that, doesn't mean that I'll enjoy it. And even knowing that doesn't mean that it'll be good. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just thought that being conscious of those differences, you know, although we, we it's not going to guarantee we'll be successful at, at making the thing, but at least we'll maybe be able to do the best we can by knowing that we can't make a, a mirror copy or we can't mirror the experience, I think might be the best way of putting it, especially mm -hmm. in our, uh, when we're talking about role-playing games. Yeah. I, I, I feel what you're saying. The, there's something about the medium translation that you, you lose something, right? I mean, going to a book, you're using a different, 
from a book to a movie or, or a TV show, you're using a different like organ of perception to to picture the scene. Like you're you're when you're reading a book, you're having to visualize so much and imagine so much and fill in so many gaps. And uh, when you've got the TV show, everything happens in one linear way, right? Where it's it's very defined and very like oh. This kind of compares to what I I had in my head, but no, not really. But sometimes, sometimes you know, it gets you get it really right when it like hues really close. And it, it, it what's interesting is that that feel arises not when something gets the details right, but when something gets the feel right. And I think uh, like the Peter the first the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies got the feel right, even if you know. They left the most important part out, but that's okay. Uh, the 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 feel was right. Like watching the movies felt still feels feels good. Like it still feels like a a very authentic Tolkien-ish experience in a lot of ways. Like the songs are there. You know, they're not maybe as central as they maybe should be, but they're there. And that that the the walking is there. The journeying is there. Like. There, there's a lot there that that translated from the page based on feel and not detail, and I think that it's really tricky to make that translation because it's not like it's not a list of things that you're going to check off, you know, to include to make it feel a certain way. There's going to be things you're going to have to change because the medium's different, like. Through Wheel of Time, for example, right? Like, like the magic's going to feel a certain way. It has to feel a certain way for it to be Wheel of Time. Uh, and, like, the mechanics of the game have to support that. Otherwise, it's not going to feel right. So if you did if you did Wheel of Time with, like, Vancey and casting, it would feel weird and ham-fisted. Wink. And if you did, uh, like, like, Wheel of Time stuff with, um, with like, like, the Dresden files magic system they would probably feel a little bit better although you'd have to do some sort of rules hack to make it as dangerous as it is or as one-sided as as it is uh there's there's yeah it, it's interesting how how you have to sometimes compromise on the details of of something in order to make it feel properly 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 yeah yeah, I, I don't think you'll ever recreate the exact same experience that you get in one medium versus another medium. Like no matter what that translation is, like even the the Lord of the Rings book and movie are very different. Like you're saying, mm -hmm. it's it's just. Um, I, I think there's an aspect to it where with RPGs you're you're able to create and innovate in a little bit of a, a free space in a in a pure sense that you can try to replicate that as much as you. Uh, possibly can at the table, I guess, um, where, I, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. You're still defined by certain constraints, but you'll never really be able to, um, you know, overcome, but mm -hmm. there are ways that you can redesign things to be very open. Like, the idea is still that this is a storytelling experience, and you want to set in guidelines and, and criteria for being able to tell a story and uh, invest everyone who's sitting around the table 
but I think it's um, in its purest form, it's a it's a pure narrative, and that you can imagine um, scenarios where you can get that pure narrative no matter what the rule system is. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, it does. But also, something that's interesting that came out of what you said was is that um, the so like a, a game that 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 is trying to uh, you're trying to adapt a game to a particular kind of fiction. I think often what ends up happening is you're adapting the setting to the game system, usually. Yes, uh, the, there are, are a few exceptions that I can think of, but that was a weird time in RPG history. Yeah. Where, you just, <laughs> where the character, where the the character where the characters you were playing were just the characters from the show and that's how things worked <laughs> that's not you're right the, how we do it and, and frequently those things relied on on the gm to make the story basically like the show <laughs> even though there's no mechanical reason that the game should run like the show i think there's i i just had this thought that struck me or, or, as interesting yeah um if we if we take a movie mm-hmm. uh, or a, a visual medium as TV or movie or whatever, uh, moving pictures, then when we look and listen, if all five of us, uh, six, including Sabrina, if we all sat and watched um, a movie, we'd, we'd, we'd be experiencing roughly like very close to the same thing. And then if we all took a book, we would be experiencing something similar very similar but if we all played for example the lord of the rings maybe not lord of the rings let's do wheel of time because i think some of us have read it some of us haven't if we took that as a game and played it say the game was like really good um people who had never played or read or watched any of the books or movies would have a picture in their head that looked nothing like what the people who had read the the books or seen movies or whatever. However, it wouldn't make a bad experience for either of them. Um, but it would make a completely different, potentially a completely different experience. Um, Sorry, I don't know. I just find that interesting. I think maybe we get more leeway in our from going from one medium to RPGs as opposed from RPGs to like a mm-hmm. more restrictive medium. I think that's true too. Yeah. Yeah, that's something you kind of touched on originally, Rod, but then you kind of moved away from it pretty quickly. So I kind of want to go back to there for a moment. Mm-hmm. Is the thing about like senses and sensory input and such, for example, at the very start, Rose, like you have a new sense of, oh, you can actually see what's there. So things like an RPG or a novel, when you convert it into a movie, it's not just that it's more restrictive, it's that it also requires additional uh, information and additional work on the people that are making something. So like when I started going into writing for video games from having worked on novels previously. I found that there was definitely a difference because in like a novel, 
you can do something like change between several different scenes very quickly to show like, you know, uh, a change of position where, oh, you're going on this long journey and here's a quick look at this desert and then they're in the high icy mountains and then they're in like going through this huge swamp and you can do that in like half a page easily, no problems. If you did that on a video game or a movie, you have to build each of those sets. And that costs money. It costs time. Like, this is something that takes a lot of effort to do. And they actually dealt with that on one of the adaptations of one of the uh, Discworld novels. Like, they mm. had, like, a movie based on it, and they just got up to this fork in the road where they do that, and they just looked at it and said, no, we're not going there, and they just turned around and laughed. Mm. Which captures the feel of Discworld, but it also bypassed the problem that they did not have the budget to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. There's the, 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 the advantage we have in RPGs as a medium is there's no... Like, there's no constraint on our scope. I will say that 90% of the games I've run would have to be animated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't... Let me think. I mean, yeah, pretty much every game I've run that would be live-action would be super expensive. It'd be... Yeah, even I don't even mean call... expensive. I mean... <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Re loosely I mean, representative, like, I see. The, the amount of CGI required would... <laughs> <laughs> uh, would make it basically an animated feature anyway, so, you know. <laughs> no, some of, some of the stuff, like, especially, like, some of the games that we've seen Clipar look at, it, it's so esoteric and weird that like it would be difficult to even visualize it with 3d oh yeah there's uh, that consideration too because with rpgs you can do some stuff that's really weird and abstract like uh uh the one where you're playing the bugs in a hive altogether new uh numenon new shit i can never remember the name of that anyway as you play you play a, a hive mind of giant mantises like, you can't, that's, there, there's no context, like, the entire point is that you have no context for this this weird place you are in trying to figure out your way out of, and, uh, uh, that's, that's the game. If that was a movie, I mean, you could, it would be a strange out art house film, and it might be really good, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it'd be, but you'd have to, you'd have to convince a lot of crazy people to give you money. Or yeah. maybe just one crazy, really rich, crazy person. They're like, hey, here's a here's a script that makes no sense. Would you like to see it realized? And they'd be like, yes. And, and then they then they twirl their mustache and give you millions of dollars. The end. Probably not that much, but I I would see it like anytime it's from character's perspective, you have to change to the bug's eye view with like the multifaceted eyes. Yeah. The whole thing's shot in multifaceted eyes, so you can only you only see it like to the resolution of a like you know that would be that would be horrendously annoying, but also very artsy. 
Yes. Oh god, I I tr- I can't remember how to spell the name of the game, so I'm I'm looking through my folder. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it's that one game where the name doesn't doesn't relate to what the content is. It does relate bit. to what the content well, is. It's just, yeah, but not uh, in a way that a, we remember it. Yeah, it's just the word is so is not going to be used outside of some extremely esoteric context. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're going back to adaptation. <laughs> so yes, getting back to adapting things that aren't RPGs into RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do we know any, any successful ones? I'm curious. Um. Well, oh god, I'm trying to think. Like, what uh, if we take punk, like for example, mm-hmm. um, or maybe not punk, cyberpunk, uh, is okay. what I meant to say. Oh, I can like there's just be, just because there's a lot of cyberpunk, and I, and I know we're doing genre, or I, I'm speaking genre as opposed mm-hmm. to sure, uh, like, but but I think it applies to this because some of it is just like half. It hits or some are hits, some are misses, and some are I don't know, everything kind of in between. Um but I'm only speaking from what I hear from people because I've never played a cyberpunk game. That's kind of mm. surprising, but that's true. <laughs> yeah. Truths. They I come out on the show. <laughs> I would actually say immediately that in that case um Shadowrun's actually a reversed example of that where the novels for Shadowrun actually play more like what Shadowrun wants to be than the game itself does. You are correct. So, so did the video game adaptations. Or the video game, all the video game adaptations. Which is so weird. <laughs> it's well, no. Not when you think about what Shadowrun is, but kind of, but <laughs> I mean that's pejorative. I, you know, and I, I apologize to any Shadowrun fans out there, but that game that game is much better handled as a video game. Clearly, mm. that's that's. I mean, Jesus. You know what's funny though? Like <laughs> the the video game adaptations of Shadowrun use a different tabletop RPG system than Shadowrun does. Also, mm-hmm. not surprising at all. Yeah, that's. But it does tell you something about. Like they had to des- they designed and play tested a different tabletop RPG that they ultimately adapted into Shadowrun, the art the video game. Yep. 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 It's okay, I mean like we're saying it without saying it, but like Shadowrun is a not a good game. Or yeah, at least a game a game with issues. So like, no, we've totally said this before that yeah. Shadowrun is one of the best games to play in any system other than Shadowrun. <laughs> right. Yep. So, I mean, it just it does the what's the best compare? It just does the everything. I don't know how to say this right. If it if it exists, we need a rule for it type of thing. Um, yeah. It, it sort of mechanizes everything. And each time it does so, it creates a new complication in play, so, sort of thing. Um, yeah. So, um, I don't know if any of you have played it, but I heard, um, shoot, now we can't think of it. No, I'm going to have to pass. So I'm gonna okay. Pick uh, a game that they know. Different cyberpunk uh, game? Better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was going to throw out a bunch of examples. Like, I know that there's a lot of licensed art for RPGs. Like, 
Star Wars has a ton. I, I really enjoyed Edge of the Empire, which is a Star Wars based RPG, and I, I felt like oh, it yeah. sold the the themes really well. Um, but I know people really enjoyed the um, Marvel uh, RPG as well. Like, I think it was. I, a I have heard cool. good things about it, but it's not the type of super game heroes game I'm interested in. But yeah. Mm. So, and I don't actually know much about it because I, I, I have played it. it. I run that game. Oh, the, the one, the one with the large dice pools. Like I think, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's uh, it it feels very much like a uh, there there's there's a fiction first element there. It's it, it's got a lot of PBTA DNA in it. Uh, it's cortex, and mm-hmm. so there's a lot of dice. So if you like dice, that that it's definitely your jam, uh, and it feels cool as a superhero to just be like, I'm gonna throw, you know, all this shit at Doctor Doom, you know, and uh, it does the superhero genre very well. It does it does the genre well, yeah. Like I I think that there have been good game adaptations, or at least I think it's popular enough that I don't see the idea of taking existing media and adapting it into a role-playing game dying out anytime soon. No. I mean, it's not as popular as when everybody was trying to build a media franchise on all their properties and (laughs) and as such co-opted out of some random person to make an RPG about it. So what about about the nerds RPG? The what? The candy. Is there... I don't know God about that one. I only know about <laughs> the KFC one. The Wendy's RPG, yes. Or was it the Wendy's? It was Wendy's. Wendy's, Wendy's yeah. yeah. Wendy's, no, nerds. There's an official nerds D&D crossover, too, because we're not in a healthy enough population. Uh, and, and Like, I can't, ima- I can't even imagine what's in that. It, it, I struggle. I struggle to imagine it, and that's 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 weird for me because it's like okay, how would how would okay? So purple is like purple barbarian, or how does this work? It, I don't know. You know, the funny uh, part is sometimes there are things that just, you just can't. Uh, it's it's that, on. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound of of of, of disappointment live. It's on the D and D page. Like it's like mm-hmm. wow. And there's a little questionnaire. Wow, my goodness. There's... Your favorite color tastes like it's packing a mighty punch. Tricky with a splash of clever. Unexpectedly powerful. Subtle but not to be underestimated. Masterfully refreshing. <laughs> Comical but inspiring. Oh it's just God. question one of seven. <laughs> I know. It's just... It hurts so much. <laughs> you know what? I mean... I <laughs> Yeah, anything. like yeah. it's not like I guess that's a D and D adaptation of what fun? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, the it's issue, late stage capitalism to me, jeez. Yeah. The, the issue with that is that it's like okay, so we have determined that these colors represent these things, except that may not be what you think that the colors represent. So you get but that, that's like a simplification of like the issues that you actually run into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're gonna run into situations like, you know, the whole green is not a creative color. <laughs> yes. Uh what okay. Well, that's a good comment. Uh, good job referencing that, Catrice. <laughs> like, legitimately. <laughs> um, Someone's um, gonna get it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, we did. I feel like most of the people in this podcast knew what you were talking about, at least. Oh, probably so. It's just one of those things that I'm not going to reference what the reference is. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, that, that, that's, that, we shouldn't have pointed to it further. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, uh, God, what was I? there was something I actually wanted to bring up. Okay, so there is, uh, I have played a number of terrible RPGs that are, somebody took the system, the the system of a video game and decided to, and decided to abstract it out so that the meta mechanics could be done with dice. Oh, I you mean D&D 4th Edition? I'm sorry. No. It was too easy a joke. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yes, but that doesn't. Well, you see, D D Fourth Edition has sanity, uh, sanity in place. It isn't. True, it's actually well designed. Huh? Go ahead. It isn't like perfectly designed. It has a lot of issues, stemming from the fact it's trying to be D and D and yeah. other things. Agreed. Oh man, strange thing. Okay, sorry. What were you gonna say? Keep going. But. I figured I should mention that I have played an uh, I played some uh, tabletop adaptation of the Game Boy Advance Fire Emblem games where uh, those are just those are good took games. the mechanics. Mm. I've seen that. That was, I, I I have run into that game. That was a that was a really interesting homebrew. And they, but yes, it was just the mechanics. Yes, just straight up. Who yes, you it was just uh, if. The best way to run that game, as far as I'm concerned, is to do uh, is to do a, is to make an FE hack and put their player characters in it, because oh. <laughs> they're really not that hard to make. <laughs> yeah, they're not, they're not people, really. Anywho. Yeah. I, anyway, <laughs> um, that aside. Are we okay? So is this okay? This a, part of part of the discussion of adaptation is is I guess at this point it has to be like product IP and how it's leveraged and how much it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm I'm struggling with the nerds one. <laughs> when yeah. when these was a reach, <laughs> but like like I, the the games that are like taking with okay so this Some Stranger Things phenomena right like actually references D and D in a in a way that makes me feel like it's doing it reverentially because like it, it's showing the good parts, right? Like the, the parts where you're, where you're enjoying the game with your friends and having a grand time imagining the crazy shit and you're like fireball and, and everything's great. Um, so I feel like stranger things has some sort of interesting claim, some sort of authentic claim to, to being part of it, even though, uh, having the kids like show up in the magic, the gathering universe, feels a little weird although although you can make the claim that it is it is a show about dimension hopping fundamentally so mm. maybe uh was I, I, was there an official D like set up or module or something like that i feel like there was where they really really leveraged it hard i don't know uh. probably uh, speaking of MTG and D&D, because I need to talk about this, 
because Please. I have because I'm wondering if you any of you have I should phrase this. Okay, so they apparently made a, a Ravnica D D thing. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine that. Like I've heard people talking about how they played it, and I can't imagine the good things about why Ravnica works as an MTG setting would transfer over to a D&D setting at all. <laughs> and I was wondering if anybody else, if anybody had actual opinions on that, because I would never want to play it. I I don't even have an opinion because I don't know the good parts of Ravnica. So the good parts I... of Ravnica are is it are produced flavor text that made it seem very alive and gave you a very emotional set. Uh, 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 very clear emotional context for what the, what these things were, and there were big bold ideas that you could like connect to easily, and you know, so it worked very well as a setting for a card game where ninety percent of the setting was told through random flavor text, and then they wrote a novel that I never read, and I <laughs> never have no interest in reading. Um, <laughs> well, I, from what I understand, it's 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 D and D, but with some extra stuff in it but it's basically they just used all the D, &D yeah. rules yeah because revnica is is a setting that makes a lot of sense if you think if you think about it surface level and then if you think about the fact that the that all of the recycling in this giant planet-sized city is done by uh is done by a bunch of people that hate everyone else and are zombies it starts asking you questions. It starts like actually playing that out. Yeah, I my personal opinion is that I think it's um, the reason that they pursued it was because one, it resonated well with the magic community, which a lot of people there enjoyed it. But it, it's yeah. also a good setting for conflicts. Like the whole idea is that there are ten guilds that are. Uh, not really all aligned on the same goals so they are kind of constant power struggle and it's in a city like it's all contained in one space so yeah. it's the the pressure cooker idea of this is a really good setting for things to go wrong because there are 10 conflicting ideas in a small space um yeah so right, it's not a small it. space but it's small. no but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> within within like reaching distance you could go from like the idea is that they're all interacting with each other so yes they're uh, all forced to interact with each other right. too because you know <laughs> like i said there there's a group of evil zombie mushrooms that control all waste management right so so in a way That's the idea. the idea is that it brings forward is really much very much just there's conflict around at almost every corner and that i think is something that you get almost more out of a, of ravnica than you probably would out of dnd &D because it doesn't necessarily come with factions that are against each other and that's up to the the game master to put forward and say this is the setting and these are the players um or like the the agents i guess that are working for you or against you so this setting really provided a lot of that and i think that's why it resonated well with people um, yeah. Not only because they've already encountered that lore in Magic, but I think that's the idea of why it's a, a compelling space to play in. Yeah, well, yeah, I can see why you'd be hyped to play in Ravnica. I just don't know, like, if a campaign, like, the type of things that RPGs focus on would not necessarily work for things just being very bold ideologues, but maybe mm -hmm. I'm wrong. 
The strange part is, I, I don't think it's really so much even that this is a good setting that would be interesting to play as an RPG. Like, people tend to go along with any IP that they know of. Like, if you made a Monopoly RPG, people would play it just because it's Monopoly. I mean, they made a battleship movie somehow. And it, <laughs> and it worked somehow, which is even more screwed up. Like, they even referenced game mechanics in the movie. And it worked. And that okay, bothered. I kind of want to see it now. That, does, that doesn't make any sense to my brain, and now, now it, I want to... It no, does. They actually okay. made it work. Like I'm not saying it's a great movie by any means. It's that it functioned, even though it shouldn't have. It yeah. shouldn't have been possible, and it worked. But the point is, people will go along with basically whatever IP because it's popular. They know about it. Wait, it, Liam Neeson was in this. What the fuck? Okay, yeah, like, um, let's back up on that thought, Cat. Sorry. I, uh, about people go yeah. along with whatever IP, and like I, I don't disagree. Like I feel like if you're invested in the the IP, you'll you'll do it not because it's popular, but because you're invested. Yes. Yeah. The thing it's I want to say thing. Yeah. that I like that I feel was important related to this is Ravnica is the D and D setting that I hear the most. Oh, this is a place that has a really interesting, good setting of the. I know, the MTG settings. Like, it's the one that everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is the cool setting. Um, this is the world that feels alive compared to the other ones, etc. That's like, mm. what a lot of people that I know said about Ravnica. So, of course, they'd be the one that they adapt into an RPG. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, since you do keep mentioning magic and D&D, though. Note that they did do it the other way as well recently, where, you know, they took D&D and put it into a magic set and tried to maintain a lot of the same mechanics, and I don't think it worked that well. Uh, from what I saw, it, it's a very functional set. I'm not sure if it's a very good D&D representation. No, no, it it doesn't have a lot that's in there, but it's strange that they actually included like physical dungeons as cards. Hmm. Yeah, there's something that's interesting that I am just noticing that struggles as I'm thinking about adaptations and ones that work and ones that don't. They're one of the things that really is incredibly tricky to adapt is stuff like in Star Wars The Force and things that behave like that in fiction, meaning the MacGuffin power. They can kind of do whatever you can imagine them to do. Yeah, like magic so, in Harry Potter, right? So it's like it's tricky yeah. to mechanize that. It's tricky to mechanize the Force because the Force, like, you know, in the original, in New Hope, right, what does the Force do? Not very much. Like, it does very subtle things. It was... like. You can was, kind of see better, yeah. It it was potent, but it was potent because it was superhuman is what it was. Like, it let you know things that you couldn't have known otherwise kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the whole 
oh, I hear a great many voices crying out in pain, and then suddenly silence. It's like, that's not very useful information, other than that something bad happened in quotation marks. And it's like, okay, what? It's like, I don't know, how's this relevant? Like, it, it gave you a preemptive warning, but it didn't give you actionable warning. Mm-hmm. It, it was useful for setting up, you know, plot points, but it wasn't super powerful right. in terms of actually changing what was going on right this moment. Most right. I, I, yeah, I think you hit, I think you landed on the exact issue is it's, it's the author mechanizing plot points, but games don't do that well. Yet. I think that um, giving, changing the boundaries, because like what you're worried about when you have like the force is that, well, people mm-hmm. will just force themselves, as in use mm-hmm. the force to get out of every situation, right? And that games that create uh, limitations by, for example, like tiering, sort of like you are a whatever tier character and so like if you're like a first tier jedi like there's no way you could ever go up against a third tier jedi or sith lord or whatever right because you would be outmatched you know regardless of your ability to like throw a rocket ship at them like it doesn't matter because they can they're going to throw two back at you right or they'll um, catch it and throw it back wherever yeah, it. yeah 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 so like and comes to mind and I, i'm sure other games do this and i i don't know who's done it first but like Blades in the Dark specifically is like, yeah, like you just have a reduced effect against a higher tier and then mm-hmm. against too high of a tier and you have no effect. Like effectively, like you're just not powerful enough, no matter how good your saber skills are. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so like me saying, but even me right now, like describing this doesn't do as good as those rules actually do in in play because like when you're in play like you can see it make it, it makes even more sense if that makes sense hmm. um at least that's how i think of it uh it, like it, keep going I'm, I'm interested about what you're like, like uh, what do you mean it makes more sense in play well like in my mind it always makes sense that you're never the strongest hmm. right mm-hmm you know, like you're never at the top, so you can always like run into someone who's stronger than you, um, and maybe you know that, or maybe you don't. And so, like when it when it gets into play, like maybe you don't know the tier until you do a thing, and then it's like it just you do it exactly as you say, but its effect is reduced. Um, mm-hmm. And and I'm saying effect is reduced, but when it's in play, it's like you can be more descriptive or narrative about it, and so it's it by understanding the structure of the rules you can create a narrative in like a clear way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. without like hurting anyone's feelings right they still got to use the force but they within the containment of the game if that makes sense no it does make sense but that's something i've always struggled with 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 fortune the dark things because there are things that seem like they should be equalizers but the game, like, so, okay, so you have a tier four hideout. I'm going to chuck a stick of tier one dynamite into it. And there's no effect. Right, right. And you I know? think so, that, like, yeah. 
I think that I don't know. Um, I think that there's some context missing for our discussion, but like, would a tier one dynamite holder even be able to find a tier four hideout? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, at least if I was. Well, I'd also it. say, like, the power of the tier four hideout is probably big. It's potent. I would imagine something like you're. You basically own like an office building. Okay, mm-hmm. you have one stick of dynamite. It's like, okay, you destroyed one fire exit. Right. Or you'll get it cleaned up by the afternoon. It doesn't really have any notable. But like, I, but I get what Rob's saying. And it's like, well, yeah. you know, 100 tier one sticks of dynamite. But I guess, again, I think the context is missing a little bit. And I get what you're saying. Mm hmm nothing's perfect i i would throw back and and some of it requires good leading uh good storytelling and uh yeah i don't know like i think there's some i, th- I think maybe I know, there's I even have... some room for improvement like maybe that's a good system but it like it, it there's maybe something better out there maybe not well, but but maybe there could be yeah well i think i think it is i think it is a, a decent system but that's the that's the part of it that I struggle with because there are things that exist. I mean, there, there are, there are, there are levelers. There are yeah. things that equalize the situation and it doesn't matter how, you know, like a gun in blaze in the dark, right? A gun's a gun and mm-hmm. uh, a gun that is, you know, you get into a situation with a tier six guy and you're a tier one guy. And the fiction of it is, is you have to drop on the guy and the gun works, right? And it just kills the guy, right? So there's not, there's no comparison going on there. There's no mechanical uh, adjudication happening because the fiction of the situation is, is you have to drop on the guy with a loaded firearm. He's not paying attention. You just shoot the guy and that's, that's what happens. The, the, where Blaze in the Dark shines is that like, you know, the retaliation that's going to come from doing that action is tier six level and you're tier one and now now you have a problem but, but, but what i'm what i'm saying is like there's not a, there when you start mechanizing the parts of those things that are not supposed to be mechanized it gets into weird territory and i i, I am one of the things that boys in the dark doesn't handle well is uh like it, it assumes scope is fairly rigid it assumes that your scope and your reach are fairly rigid from where you are and there's there's something about the themes of the game that I think are well represented by that mechanic because it is a, a game about being stuck where you are and always being the underdog. And so there's I feel like it's representative of what the game's trying to do and it doesn't feel out of place. But there are times when I've been running the game and that feels deeply weird where I have to make a call and it feels it feels like I'm making a call against the fiction and not with it. Hmm. When when I have to, when I have to say like a tier one or a tier two thing doesn't you know is not I have to represent in some way that this tier two thing that to me seems like it should work against a tier four thing and have outside of the fact I am now reaching for a reason in the fiction for the thing to 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 represent the game mechanic and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. This is like the and I, I guess a lot of games suffer from this, right? Like. It's not like a, a new thing. It's like having like a critical hit 
as the first hit on a on a creature, right. and yeah. it's like, oh, it turns out it's not critical. Like it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah. Or or you know, it's it's a critical hit, and you've killed the big bad evil guy of the campaign in the first shot, and that happened. Like that, I've been at table for that the case. The at, the other side of the coin. Yeah. yeah, the other side of the coin. You go, yeah. uh, shit, <laughs> and suddenly it's GM like yeah. you scramble, and and you're like, okay, that but their master was yeah. this other guy who's statistically identical. If there's anything in role-playing games that is actually like a benefit with regards to this, it's that um, a lot of players are just able to accept certain things. Like they're able to accept a little more. Like players, right? Like characters accept what the players accept, and and so that's that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. If you just happen to do something really cool, like one shot something that you shouldn't, um, it could just be like part of the oddity of role playing games. Like it, yeah. it's part part of the. I don't know. No, I, I, I it, it's that it's that fun uncertainty that you look yeah. for when you're chucking the dice. Every, I, I I think Savage Worlds actually does that part better than D and D because all their dice explode, so you just, yes. you have craziness on the rolls. That's something that's always odd to me, though, is that like when it's built into the game that there's uncertainty where there shouldn't be. Like, this should not have a chance to work, like not even a a snowball's chance in hell kind of situation. But when you enforce a role for everything, you wind up with situations where the fiction doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even within games that are poorly structured, like I think that's like a GM issue in the sense of like the GM should just be like, that's not possible for you to do because and and have a solid reason. Like it's out of the scope. It's just it's it's too whatever for you to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, which and I'm not saying like that should just how they say it but i but i think everyone knows in the context right like you you walk up to a sheer uh a glass like cliff face and uh you know and without any cracks and then and then the rogue's like oh i'm gonna climb that and the right answer the right answer is like as a gm is to say something like um i mean i shouldn't say the right answer but uh, the stronger answer is to say that it, there's not enough footholds or like it's impossible to get a foothold. Um, uh, the alternative is to say, you know, take a penalty and roll. And if you do it, you do it. And everyone laughs. And like, it's like, I wouldn't say one is better than the other, but one is leading to one type of play and one is leading to another. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, and there are games that do that. Definitely, better. like I think I think Savage Worlds does better than than most other systems, and I think there's very varieties of Shadowrun that do it really hilariously well. Because uh, was it Fifth Edition that put the limits in where you couldn't actually get more successes than something? It was like that's the most unfun mechanic I've ever heard of in Shadowrun. <laughs> uh, like here, here's a limit: you can't get more successes than this number. It's like all right, but okay, this. But I got that was more that was that was. That was yeah, that was their patch to having too many dice. Was just yeah, limited. that doesn't 
fix it because it's like, oh, I managed to roll really well. And it's like, yeah, no, you didn't. Yeah, it's like you don't weird. you don't take that away from someone after yeah. they've <laughs> actually gotten the a thing. good roll. Yeah, it just it's it's like the most feel bad mechanic I can imagine. It's like, oh man, I, I rolled this crazy gangbuster thing. Oh no, I only get to keep three successes. Oh well. Um and yeah, it's so, not going to be, oh, well, that's going to be fuck this game. Yeah, for most people, yeah. Uh, although, I think 4th edition actually probably was the, mo- the most Shadowrunniest version of Shadowrun, if that makes sense. Because you could make a character that could, like, would just max out Edge and just do eight impossible things a session. Just flatly, like, have, have like, 50 dice with the penalties and still have eight dice because you added the edge after all the penalties. So there, it was their, their mechanical, there's that's yes. This is the thing about RPGs that adaptations of RPGs to other media never get right. It's that players find mechanical exploits and then force the game world to warp around the mechanical exploit. And it's funny. I mean, that's reality. That's, Basically, what like that is physics that is, is physics, yes, engineering. It's like... Right, but it's fun to watch in a game when it when when it's it's you're not doing physics and engineering, but you're doing that with a story. Because stories, the stories shouldn't like. Oh, and then this guy rolled eight dice despite having fifty dice of penalties is not a story that you that comes up in fiction, and yet no, that's not. a meta story. It, it happens quite a lot. It's just, it's not phrased that way. It's like, this is an impossible task. You have a one in a million chance this shouldn't work. And yet, because all the stars aligned and you had plot armor on, something stupid happened anyway. Okay. Like, like, I've actually, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Fair enough. I've seen Fair something point. where it's like, they just say flat out, like, this can't happen, and yet it did. So obviously it can happen. Mm-hmm. And that's their explanation. They never go back to it because that's all they needed. Like, just admitting the fact that this is impossible and then it happened anyway bypasses a lot of the issues. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but... Like, there's some things that shouldn't happen, though. Like... From a story perspective, like you mentioned, like one-shotting mm-hmm. the big evil bad guy, it's like it's entertaining for a moment, but it kind of kills the story. Like, so name like an actual book where it's like, okay, on page three we accidentally killed the villain. Now what? So there's oh. um, Jonathan, please say your thing first because it's less stupid than mine. No, it's definitely not. So there's a whole genre of books called lit RPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I love it. It's so, it's such a breath of fresh air. And there's like so many different types within that. But like the, one of the biggest things is, and this isn't in all of them, but in most of them, the character knows and understands their stats. And, and in a subset of those, um, there's actually quirks to the system that that either the characters are living in or are playing in, and a character who is aware of their stats can like sort of like game 
life like they can mm-hmm. <laughs> hack life if that makes sense like they could find like the cheats essentially which yeah. is an interesting story point and, which is fine like if you look at something like log horizon they basically exploit the rules of the world in ways that are completely absurd but it's like this makes logical sense I don't hmm. like that this makes logical sense. The fact that you managed to exploit it in this way, it's frust- it works. It makes perfect sense why this works. I hate but, that this works, but it works. I can't argue with it. <laughs> okay. So my stupid thing was uh it, it wasn't level 3. It was it was the end of the game. But they did. There, I did have a campaign where one of my players basically one-shot the final boss. But that was just like perfectly thematic in that one specific instance. Like it was the perfect culmination of their story arc somehow. <laughs> like their story arc was they are a sorcerer that is going all in on gathering as much power as possible in every possible way and having no outlet for it. <laughs> So, of course, when the final boss accidentally got in the same room as them, <laughs> the time one hit, but that, that, seemed, that was the perfect starting point for the, them basically taking over the final boss's position by being corrupted by their own power. <laughs> this works fine, though, as a story element, though. That's, that's the thing that I think really stands out, is that... If it works for the story, it's fine. Yeah, but and most of the time when you went shot the final boss, it does not. No, most of the time you don't. Like if if it doesn't work as a story element, then it's kind of an issue. If you can work it into the story, then okay, that's great though. If it just happens at random, like I could see building up a mechanic so it's like, okay, you've been working towards this goal the entire game. Then it happens. It's fine. This this totally works. Like, you can build this into a game in such a way that it totally makes sense. It's not an issue. If you have it where it's like, yeah, but I rolled a 20. There's just no story to that, and anything you come up with is going to basically be bullshit to try to explain why the game broke rather than yeah this was interesting a good gm can probably come up with one anyway and the players can even offer suggestions and such and come up with it as well like but you know it's very much so this is just awkward like it kind of removed like, if you have, like, say, a 1 in 20 chance, or even 1 in 100 or whatever, that any time an enemy gets into any kind of conflict, they might just flop over dead. Like, this basically removes the concept of heroes or of major villains, because sooner or later oh, well, there was, you know, a mosquito in the room and, well, they they failed their role and uh, they accidentally poured oil on themselves by accident and they died. And that's something that uh, I think, like, there's lots of holes in, in what you're saying, like, mm-hmm. that someone who's playing a game too rigidly can run into that more often than someone else. 
Um, but but it does sort of like highlight how Rob was kind of pointing out earlier in the beginning, like ways that games can fail uh, adaptation narratives mm-hmm. because they're made in a a way they're just made in a different way and so we have to sort of like understand what we want when we make the game do we want the game to be a game or do we want the game to tell a story about the last airbender or whatever right or do you want to tell a story that's vaguely similar to the story you like with vaguely similar characters doing something vaguely similar but not really recapitulating the fiction that you experienced in any way you just like I think like The Witcher and like The Witcher does a really good job of being that world where yeah, there's a lot of other witchers running around and there's a lot of monsters and people are basically scum everywhere and they want money and sex and power and that's that's the world and it's like okay, that's that's a very that's a good enough world to hang around and do stuff in and there's a lot of space for player characters in worlds like that. There's there, yeah. like the, the the more constricted a world, like the more hyper protagonist focused a setting is, like the less space there feels like there is for similar, similar setting warping PCs. Like Geralt of Rivia doesn't warp the setting so much by himself as like it's not him so much. Like a Witcher in his position would be probably doing something similar, whereas Luke Skywalker is like warps the setting by his very presence like you can't have a star wars campaign and not in some sense like like his appearance like the presence of him whether or not he's actually in the setting makes a difference to the to the player characters i think that's kind of why knights of the old republic worked yeah because they they removed skywalker entirely by like a thousand years right that's that's my point it's like like removing him as a thing that is something the players have to think about makes the game different. It really then, then, yeah. And, and same thing with like Forgotten Realms, right? Like if you, if you know Driss is hanging around and there's a, or Elminster, Elminster's a bigger cause he's more of a reality warping figure in, in Forgotten Realms. So if you know Elminster's like doing stuff near you or, or there's a real chance that he could be, um, a guess, yeah, anywhere. <laughs> then, like the the players have a different, there's a different experience there. Like, do you get to interact with your favorite and perhaps outsidedly powerful fictional character, or do you not? Is that something that you want out of an adaptation, or do you not? Because me personally, like I've when I when I tend to run games in established settings, the first thing I do is kill off the established characters. And make room for the PCs, yeah. Hmm. Like, um, so when I run Forgotten Realms, like I, I had Elminster. That was the whole reason the players were doing stuff because Elmin apparently Elminster's dead, and other 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 heroes of the realms are are, are dead. And what the fuck is going on? Uh, and when I did it in when I ran Star Wars, um, similar thing. Like the whatever happened at some point, the juncture that the the, the, the you know, Darth Vader kills Luke or whatever. I don't know, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Um, uh, and one of the Star Wars games I played in, like the 
the Death Star fizzles when it's aimed at Al- Alderaan. And now the entire, like, the cannon is out the window, right? So, like, as long as there's an, a nice moment of cannon going out the window and I don't have to feel, like, beholden to the cannon, like, I'm pretty happy to mess about in in established fiction. But, like, I it, it bugs me and I feel unnecessarily... Uh, I feel like the game becomes unnecessarily rigid when uh, there are other protagonist characters wandering around. Does that make sense? And but I also feel that I also know that some people want that. Like they 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 are playing those games in order to interact with Chewbacca or Han Solo or wherever like that. You know that's that's part of the draw. And so, you know, I think to the extent that the game can support both things, it's probably it's probably good. But I feel like some games do it better than others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's hard to represent fictional characters sometimes, you know, other than just a collection of stats. Yeah, well, I mean, mm-hmm. like what Sabrina's saying is actually pretty accurate here as well, which is, if the canon let the PCs create new legends and canon, like if you yeah. exist solely to watch the show happen around you, or the novel, or the movie, then why are you playing the game? You can just go watch it again. I it's slightly more interactive. You, I mean, there's like degrees, right? People slightly, but yeah, it feels like if you're gonna put the characters into the setting, have them make a difference somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is the secret story of you know the stormtroopers that were behind the scenes that caused everything to actually happen. They just kept getting like repositioned and reassigned because oh well, you. You screwed up this one, says, turns out you're the guy that was supposed to be watching for the droids, and you just let the droid through, and it turns out it wasn't even mind control. He was just like, fuck it, I don't want to be here. It's it's a hot desert. If we let the droids go through, maybe they'll just let us go home. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's no point to stay here any longer. Uh-huh. It's like, <sighs> fine. All right, you're being reassigned to like the Death Star now. And they're on the Death Star and they're the ones who happen to lower the shield. <laughs> Stuff like that. It's like this would actually be an entertaining story for you to play along with. Yeah. Yeah, or or you know, something where it's 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 you know, you're the same five uh minions uh and every week you're hired by a different Batman villain. And Batman just comes in and kicks all your asses every week. And you're just like, all right. All you up to jail. And then, you know, the jail's full and you get sprung. And then the Joker hires you. And then, then the Riddler hires you. You're just the same. I would love to play a game like that because it's the, it's the exact... You, it's, it's such an anti-RPG RPG. I mean, this it's, is It's the basic. exact opposite. <laughs> it's what you're describing. It's like you're, you're nobody's in the background of Batman kicking the shit out of your boss. And what's that like for you? I don't know. It's a, yeah, it's a weird yeah, idea. You basically described it. the canon of the Minion movie. Oh, really? Okay. That's so essentially. Kind of, but I mean, in a good way. So, it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, and anthology TV shows are pretty I, I thought I think it's just, it would be funny to have that as a, as a thing. And they have to like, oh, this week we're wearing green, fellas. Okay. 
It's all question marks and green shit this week. Great. <laughs> See, this is something that you should do as a super villain is make sure that all of your minions are custom tailored for their outfits so that the heroes can't just knock them out and, you know, steal their uniform because it, it won't fit right and it'll be obvious. Oh, that's that's wise. I guess a superhero, super villain costumery is, is a growth industry in Gotham. Well, I mean, the problem with doing that is uh, it puts up the cost of your disposable minions like 300%. Yeah, but you're robbing easy. banks. Yeah. Like, there's so many banks in like Gotham because Bruce Wayne keeps all his money in, like, stone towers that are in Gotham. So, really, he's just beating up criminals that are trying to steal from him. Really, because doesn't he, like, have all the money in Gotham? I don't know. Significant chunk. Well, he has a... Oh god, I don't I don't know enough to argue with you. I mean I I do believe that Bruce Wayne is a is a terrible does not make sense in any real possible way. No, like, no, he's a good guy because he doesn't use guns. That's oh wait, no he does. He puts guns on his vehicles and shit. I don't know. I kinda liked that one short comic where it was basically that the Joker was actually being played by Alfred the entire time just to keep Bruce Wayne, you know entertained the whole thing oh, is a farce the entire fucking city's in on it oh man that's that's up and great yeah sorry did you say this is just an actual comic or you just made that up no no it was like uh here i'll see if i can actually find it it was, <laughs> it was just like one page it was like a one page like comic script that was it but it was it was actually really well done. Let me see if I can find it though, and I'll no. But like, I, I feel, that, I feel like something that's that, that was that's something Jeff Bezos would do for real. Oh, but <laughs> and, no, 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 more than that. That's how the world has to deal with Jeff Bezos yeah, because, true. like, you have to put him in a city and make him feel like he's some sort of superhero. And you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, just fucking, you know, quit fucking with your workers. You know, like, don't give him time to worry about his shops unionizing <laughs> just uh, throw him another fucking i don't hey know man it's, it's seattle one of the bluest states in the country <laughs> yeah i call yes i call it washington seattle yeah you do <laughs> yeah That's it's, isn't it, is. it also like suited best for like corporations like tax oh yeah it's literally 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 more regressive tax laws in texas yeah yep anyway so yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Wow. That's that's a that's a that's a that is a fucked up page. I like that. It's like there he is, Alfred putting on the stuff. Oh, you actually beat me to it. Yay! Good job. Sabrina. Wow. Oh. No, somebody, so no, yeah, Sabrina found it. Yeah, that's is. great. Holy shit. Apparently there was more to it. I've only seen like the last page before, so this is entertaining. But it's a perfectly good explanation. And be like, this would actually be the entertaining kind of thing to do. I mean, like to 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 yeah. like, anyway. This as like an RPG. Like you yeah. would play as the villains, all of them basically mocked up to be Batman. 
Yeah. Like be like to legitimize Batman's delusions. Yeah. And you know, he's doesn't even notice that he's like putting away the same people or whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. you look they keep escaping from Arkham. Yeah, don't I know yeah. you? <laughs> Poor guy wearing the killer croc suit, just like all those, all that latex. That's how you deal with billionaires, though. You don't give him any respect. <laughs> He's afraid. Oh you throw money at the problem. He's a brutal. Dresses up like a bat. Um, yeah. You know, has has a young boy hangs out with. Oh, yeah, no, it tracks. Yeah. Thanks, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work in the chat. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. So I feel like we've got You're not sorry at all. How dare you? Don't lie to me, son. That's the government's job. Just keep in mind if you're listening right now, you could be in here in the chat and being part of this nonsense. Oh, you are Canadian. That's right. Like most of this podcast, Sabrina's Canadian. Yes. Yeah. Join the dumpster fire. Yes, actually, in fact, the entirety of the podcast, except for for me at this point. Right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi. That's weird. America. Trying to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. Time to move again. Yeah. Time to move. Yeah. I, I was, I was looking at doing a, doing a graduate degree in Toronto. Seriously, like legitimately looking into it. So maybe. Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that be weird? I could well, show you around. Yeah, hey. maybe Mark. It's yeah. funny. I mean, I'm sure you know because. The U.S. is massive, also, but Canada is so massive, right? Like you're mm-hmm. literally no closer to anyone except for Mark if you move to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I think he's, I think I'd be closer to Cat, but like, yeah, not, I know, but like, like meaningful mean. amount. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think right now he's closer to me and you than he would be, and uh, he would be in Toronto by a fair distance. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I guess. I mean, I said literally, but I meant functionally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, adaptation can be tricky. You know. Yeah. Uh, there, there are very different things in play in RPGs. The things a different narrative structures have to come. Also, there. Most other mediums get to rely on a plot that uh, where you can depend on things happening in a certain way and you need to decide it precisely. <laughs> Whereas RPGs, the whole fundamental yeah. thing is that there are multiple ideas bouncing around and nothing is certain. Yeah. Is a frequent yeah. thing. You kind of need the, the setting to bloom out of the characters and players. Which is why you should make sure that the characters have some depth to them so that you can have the story bloom out of them. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, I... You, know, it you, is, can, you, can, you can create depth through play, Kat. You don't you have can. to have... You don't, you, you don't have to start with a D character. You can. I'm just you saying, totally like, can. Sure. I'm just saying that if 100%. you build things to have like the characters just be cardboard cutouts it's it doesn't work very well it's like you can make it work during the game 
and good players, good GMs, like if you have good people, then they're going to turn it into something interesting no matter what. The tricky part about like a game is making sure that the people who are new to it and they're not really sure what they're doing, that they can actually get fun out of it. Yes. That's yes. something that is very different in an RPG compared to, say, a novel. Mm-hmm. The reader doesn't actually have to have a lot of experience with a novel to enjoy that it's a novel. They don't need to have watched like a bazillion movies to enjoy a movie unless that movie purely exists as a series of memes and references of other movies. Yeah, those exist though. They do exist, yeah. but that is the exception for yeah. the most part. I, I take your point. Yep. Generally, need to just as long as you can recognize what's going on, you can enjoy it. Like, can you can you imagine how weird it's going to be for somebody to see like not another teen movie devoid of context or like spooky movie like and not having seen any of the references like how weird and strange and abstract it would be oh man oh, i kind of want like, that experience yeah you just mean like a zenial watching it now or what type of thing yeah well, yeah like a 12 like a 12 year old finding spooky movie and like not having seen scream or knowing that's a thing or yeah the 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 thing with that is most people who want most of the people even of the younger generation who are gonna watch that have already have watched those because you know the whole media archive of the last 30 years yeah. is available from any source you're gonna well, get you can make that assumption but it's, i don't know that it's the case like i was listening to a a, a music podcast the other day or YouTube show, and there was a professional metal guitar player that I had never heard of Metallica's Black Album. I don't yeah. think it, it, I mean, it's like, wait, how? Like, that's just, you know, there was a time where you that was impossible. Like, and yes. now it's like, there's like, no, there's people that are really good guitar players and, and, and metal guitar players and metal musicians that, like, no, never heard of it. Uh, and it, it's, <laughs> so I imagine there will be people. <laughs> At one point, have one yes, double on these the, things your, and be your, like, your "What is this?" Yeah. Your theoretical person exists, but they're not as common as they would be for music catalog because you can listen to uh, three thousand hours of metal without without hitting anything that has more than uh, 13, 13 MP3 sales or whatever. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I mean, I have some of those albums there. Some of them are really good. Yeah. What? Okay, now, now the chest is going totally off. Totally off. Topic. <laughs> Although it's true. A good pirate never takes another person's property if they know. Wait a minute. <laughs> I think that's the definition of pirate. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> well, what is it? Yeah, it's that Hello Fellow kid over and over. Well, yes, you are correct. Sabrina. It is uh, exactly that. It is 35-year-old ad execs desperately trying to figure out what's cool to 15-year-olds. Oh, my God. He actually over and over again. He actually did that this year. For, uh, oh, I, I saw Steve Buscemi actually, actually walked yeah, around. Steve, yeah, he actually did that as his Halloween costume this year. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, with a skateboard. Good for him. What a gem. <laughs> Anyway, well, I'm sure we completely butchered the horse. Yeah. 
No, no, we can keep going. No, we're going to keep going. The Dune, the Dune RPG just came out. Did it? Okay. What do you have to say about it? I play tested it. Uh, I I, I, I signed an NDA that is no longer valid. And I I play tested it. And uh, my feedback was this is very, uh, you have made fate very (laughs) rulesy. It's actually kind of weirdly rulesy in its own special way in the first place. Yeah. Fate is. Yeah. No, I mean, like, if you took the, just the freight framework and then just changed it to D20s and then made it a D20 die pool and then in order to get more successes, like, instead of, you would be adding more D20s, but the way you get the more D20s is by spending freight points, basically. And uh, they come back to you in functionally the same way. So it's basically fate with D20s. It's the... Um, Two D twenty pools. Fit with D twenty pools, correct? Yes. And although uh, the stat system, the rest of the mechanics, fairly good. It's just like that's like this is way more complicated. I felt it was way more complicated than it needed to be. Uh, but other than that, very, very like weirdly rules loose in a lot of ways. Like a dagger and a gang were roughly equivalent as an asset. Uh, so it, it felt very blazed in the darky in certain ways. Uh, like anything could be like there were the fiction of the items was more important than um, the stats. There were very few stats, actually. Uh, it didn't. One of the things it did not do was prompt you to do anything Dunesy or have any mechanics that 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 that, that really um made me feel like I was motivated to uh, there was mechanical pushes to make you do things in such a way that your character would sort of have a personality but it was the same way in which D&D makes your character have a personality which is oh you have a high strength well then you are strong personality person you have things you know like you're you have a high intelligence. Well, then you act in a smart way. It's like it, it, that's that was as that was really a, a lot of it. There were some good parts of like we allowed you to decide on principles and beliefs, um, and those things could shift. But it did not. I don't feel like it implemented those in a very satisfying way. Uh, they felt, yeah, and I don't know. Maybe it was just the playtest I got too, because the GM section was did not have a lot on how to I had to create a I had to create a a three page rules summary to condense the playtest down into a digestible format for people to actually want to read the rules. I mean trying to get people to read the rules of any game is difficult. Yeah, but it's also like that was the smallest I could get like the like there there were enough ins and outs of like when you could add another d20 to the pool and what that meant that there there are multiple like there were multiple resource pools that could add d20 pool to your dice pool and some of them recharged in different ways like some of them recharged because a thing happened or some of them recharged because the the, the 
the dice went well for the GM and you got so another thing in the system is like the, the fate pointy stuff you could get by rolling well so you could get fate points by rolling well that was like you have momentum and momentum is a thing could add d20s to the pool and so like it's the same as your aspects that could add d20s I don't know it just seemed like there's like a bunch of ways to add d20s to the pool and adding a bunch of dice to the pool was the game <laughs> I don't know it felt very um a lot of rules to for not a great degree of duniness. Do duniness, yeah. Didn't feel very dunesy. Like, uh, quite quite frankly, the 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 uh, the ten questions we answered for Mark's opening game felt more dunesy. <laughs> it was like, oh, we got weird psychics oh. and sandstorms and shit. People, you know, I was like, oh, this feels more like Dune. Have as us having gone through this ten this ten item questionnaire, this feels more like like a dude I'm excited to play in and know how to manipulate and then uh then then this established setting of um with a rules structure built around it that is that that kind of fights you to use it. But I don't know. Yeah. The two D twenty system, I the Conan system too, because I, I wanted I wanted to check that out because I like Conan. Same deal. Like I got the I got the playtest, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> no way am I, no, no way am I handing this to friends. Jeez, I want them to like me. Like <laughs> this is this is like here, here, read read forty eight pages, and and get back to me. No, 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 no. So I don't I don't I don't know. Man, there's this weird like those those kinds of games where it's like we have this system that we really love. Let's make a Conan game and let's take the Infinity tabletop wargaming system and uh and then let's take uh Dune and those are all the same system. What? <laughs> it's a D&D problem all over again. It's just, no, man, come on. Anyway, that's my review of the Dune RPG. Pick it up wherever your favorite RPGs are sold, if you like that kind of thing. <laughs> RPGs or Dune? <laughs> RPGs. I mean, you don't pick it up if you like Dune, because you'll be sad. It's, I mean, depending on what you like about Dune, if you like a lot of like background material, I imagine that part's great, because... Uh, it had to pass through probably several layers of licensing departments to get to you. So right. it's probably very, very, very like lore correct. So I find that's like something that uh, is really interesting about people who are super fans will never heard any folks my age explain what's doing. Oh, space imperialism. It's, uh, it's more like space oil trade. So it. <laughs> Yeah, space imperialism. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I, have yeah. you missed what the last hundred years of imperialism were centered around? Yeah, but that's that's just that's just now. It's really it's just resources. It's, <laughs> it, it, yeah, like here, do we do, let's let's exploit a thing because our entire society depends on it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, fine. It's... Yeah. I actually don't. I'm probably not the best person to ask. 
No, I, I, no, I, mean, I don't think you're wrong uh, about it being space imperialism. It's literally the emperor. There's an emperor that's pretty imperial. I don't know if you can get more imperial than that. Well, there's there are ways you can be more imperial than having an emperor, but generally oh. speaking, it's an indicator. Yeah, and basic, and the entire plot of the book, spoiler alert for anybody, uh, is that the emperor uh, makes the house that are the good guys, quote unquote, uh, go to the planet to screw over the locals, and they uh, are doing so in order to be eliminated by the emperor because. Uh, and he wants the Harkonnens to do the dirty work because this the, the House of Trades is getting too much influence in the uh, Imperial Senate or whatever they have, whatever the equivalent is. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. So House of Trades, House of Trades getting power. The Emperor wants them removed, so he puts them in charge of the fucky planet uh, where all the stuff comes from, so that the Harkonnens will rip the shit out of them in a justified-looking way to everybody else. And the Emperor's like, "Oh, I didn't do it. The Harkonnens did it." And uh, and and then uh, and then it all goes sideways for the emperor. Long story short. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, one of the most successful empires in the world uh, had a queen, not an emperor. So you know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> also, Holy Roman Empire, mm-hmm. no emperor. I mean, that wasn't much of an empire either. So you know. No. Nor was it holy or Roman, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest thing. It's like what? what? They're I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Well, yeah, Germany didn't exist yet, so you know. No, I know. Yeah, which even is, yeah. yeah. Germany is something that was invented by Otto von Bismarck. In, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like Germany, it was invented yeah. by Mussolini, basically. Yeah. Besides, yeah. before that, it was three states that hated each other. Yeah, and before that, it was like a dozen. It was, that, it was, it was 12 states that hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's just one country that hates itself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Italy. Hey, hey, man, you know. Anyway. I won't forgive them. I won't forgive them for what they did to Sicily, my people, who, who, who are only Italians, who have only been Italians for 50 years at this point. Really? Yeah, okay. All. So, uh, does anybody else want to talk about <laughs> fucking Romans go home? Any other adaptations in RPGs, or any other particular examples, or any suggestions on how you should do it? Because oh, we've talked a lot about. Yes, we talked about how not to do it. Here's how you should do it. Uh, what's What's the story of the thing you're adapting about? Then make mechanics to make that story happen. Pretty much, no matter what. Uh, I think like that. That's one way to do it. The other way to do it is, what is the part of the setting that you can tell stories about without getting into the main plot that it would still be compelling and still be something people want to do? Sure. Like, like how many Wookiee furs can you harvest in a season? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are those sentient? Like, I don't know huh? Star Wars that well, but <laughs> well, they bark. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure, from my understanding, I think one of them. I think one of them has an engineering degree. <laughs> so droids can fix spaceships as the main sentient. Okay, hmm. I'm just saying. You know, from 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 if you were if you were to play, a, I'm just saying. <laughs> now I feel like now I feel like a Star Wars racist somehow. Like yeah. I'm, I'm justifying <laughs> justifying hunting down Wookiees. 
no, but I'm just saying that that would be something that does have nothing to do with the main plot that happened in the background in Star Wars. There was a whole, whole, you know, the, the imperial, the imperial empire descending on uh, Kashyyyk and 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 uh, uh, fucking up the Wookies a bunch. That was originally, by the way, supposed to be uh, what uh, Endor was. Supposed to be a planet full of Wookies. Supposed, to, but uh, budget. They couldn't. Uh, they they could hire more. Uh, it was the suits. They didn't have enough fur to make big suits, so they had to make small suits. So their micro bookies got up. Yep. Yeah, Ewoks instead of Wookies. Couldn't get enough tall people. Ewookies. Ewookies. Well, I'd be now. Yeah, E. There, you download them on your Kindle. And uh, have a E. No? Okay, that was terrible. Okay, sorry. It's fine. Sorry, everyone. You're not the one. You're the one who's not supposed if, to say that. I'm not, if not you were really sorry, oh, you wouldn't have done it. I'm America. I'm not sorry at all for anything I do or any accountability that I have. I'm not. I'm not sorry for my accountability. No, I'm. I don't have any accountability that I'm sorry for not having. There you go, America. Boom. It's better. <laughs> anyway. Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, did uh, other things that you tried uh, actually capturing emo- uh I believe we said this at the very start, but to reiterate, try to capture emotional feel the emotional feel of the story. But that's gonna matter more than getting all the details exactly right, especially if you're running an RPG where the details are just gonna go shit anyway. Correct. You- <laughs> that's fair. I think the the piece of advice that I would pass along. Um, and the trap that I fell into is just to be open to designing your system around exactly what you need. Cause I think it's very easy to just say, these are the mechanics that people are used to or that work for, for me right now, but it's not necessarily that that's going to be the best system um, for what you're trying to convey or how you want to adapt the, the setting that you have or uh, feel that you have. So be open to just redesigning from the ground up for exactly what you need to convey that. Mm-hmm. Even if it takes you 10 years. I agree, but I'll say that <laughs> systems are a good starting point. So don't like write yes. it off completely. If you, yes, Especially indeed. if you know something and you've got an idea it could work, just start there, but don't be afraid to, to uh-huh. sort of build out. Or yeah. cut. Don't start with D&D. I mean, you can start with yeah. any system you yeah. want, but don't not that one. <laughs> just uh, you start with showering. So you, shout, you can start showering. That get a better game out of it. Just saying. No, I'm, I'm okay. That's facetious. You can't do that. But... <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually legitimately well, think that you could start with Shadowrun and if you, and get a better result because with Shadowrun you will you will know you will know what you need to cut to start, and you won't. <laughs> and you won't. Yeah, the problem with Shadowrun there is just that the issues it has are extremely complicated to solve. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that might be a bit more of a problem. Like, whereas if you start with D and D, the issues it have are kind them. of obvious. Yeah, only if you have to solve them. Yeah, like as solve. opposed to just cutting them. True. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, just, yeah. How many like how many stats does Shadowrun need legitimately? One that like needs a power stat. Power and uh, not just, dying. That's it. it has the stat of power. 
I think not it's dying is effective. How many stats do players need or characters need? And that answer is only one. They only need one. <laughs> Doesn't there could be ten stats, but a player only needs one to play the character. Mm. Oh, that's that's deep. I mean, if we're especially if we're playing along like D and D slash Shadowrun, like that type of stat list. Ah, uh, yes. Then you need dexterity and nothing else. Yes. Yeah. Or yes, or strength if you're if you have a strength personality, right? <laughs> strength person. You didn't, well, didn't Catch just say that? Yep. Oh no, that was me. Oh, that was you. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that was about that was about the Dune RPG. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really dislike when games simplify themselves like that to the point that there's no depth possible anymore. Like it's it's just so shallow. Games. But games always pretend and then only offer. They pretend depth, but in play, they don't have it. Mm. Like, like you said, like if you're if you have six stats. The one that matters to you is the highest one or the one that you focus your character around. Yes, this is why I think that it should be that every stat should be applicable to every character. Like, I totally tried to do that for my own game, so that there is no correct build. You can do any stupid thing that you come up with. Everybody has a use for everything somehow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's. I think that's the philosophy behind a lot of the games now. And you see games with fewer fewer stats for that exact reason, so that each each mechanical function actually has some importance, and there's nothing... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, I just, the last couple of games I've seen, the like four stats. I mean, Apocalypse World is one of those ones where it just really stripped it out and made it, like, even Dungeon, Dungeon World probably has too many. Like, six stats are probably too many for Dungeon World. And uh, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, no, those, those games work better. But there's, there's ways you can, I think there, there, there are more games building on that sort of framework where you don't need a lot of stats but there's a lot you can there's a lot of design space there still uh, even though uh i mean like my game only has three stats really and it's just uh, after that it's just flavoring so uh i don't know yeah yeah well i know that i'm falling asleep in my chair so so I guess we have to finish. Yeah, it is. It is time for it is time for Jonathan to go go to sleep. Yes. Or so I'm going to check out. No one else has okay. to. Though. No one else has to. Good night, everyone. Love Good you. night, sir. No. Yeah, I think we probably should end here, though. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good spot. Yes. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. It is we night where you are. Ourselves. Oh well. Wait, what? We didn't do, we didn't say who was here. We didn't do the the itinerary. Oh, the intro? No, we didn't yeah. do the intro. Here's the intro. Jonathan was here and Kevwar <laughs> Kevwar is here now. Hi Kevwar. And yes. uh, uh, Catrice is here. Hi Catrice. Mark's here. I am here. Hi Mark. Hello, Rob. Who is also here? I am also here. And Jonathan was here. Jonathan was here. He's here in spirit. He is. And he's always here in spirit, even when he's not here in. Voice, voicey, and and Sabrina's here in the audience. Hi from Sabrina in the chat. Going out live to very yes, clear. We also love pair of robots listening to us.
Both of them are here. Good night. Good night. Did we beat that to death? I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Good. Because Sabrina said we beat it to death. That's probably <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's our listener. That's our audience. They they know. All right. <laughs> Do they know though? Have we beat it to death? Let's let's examine. <laughs> Okay. All right. Now for real, for real. Well, okay. well, to start uh, with, is it night? And it's always night where you are. So yeah, it yes. is night. Okay. Check it, one. It is podcast night, so it's a good night. Yeah. So good night. There we go. It's good. There you go. Wow. That that oh, that is that is uh, steel trap of logic. <laughs> good night, everybody. All right. Good night, friends. <laughs>